You're listening to The Dollop on the All Things Comedy Network. This is a bilingual American history podcast where each week I, Dave Anthony, read a story from American history to my friend, uh, Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. That was a... Yeah. Why? It's great. Nailed it. We had it that time. It was actually, I did my part fine for the first time in maybe yeah, over it was a, fine. 100 episodes. And then you did a weird about thing. Like, you couldn't just, like, we couldn't do it just exactly as um, the powers of Dave, B told us to. People like the about a lot and mm-hmm. its placement. And so I highlight it. I, I give it a little accent. I'm going to disagree because I have gotten several emails from people explaining that the about well, Dave what I would say to those people is worry about bigger shit a lot of people love there's a movement a lot of us are ending our sentences in about now and it feels good okay to be out from under the weight of the big preposition so I usually respond to those people by saying you're right Gareth is wrong I've been working with on this for years now and making no progress and I need the fans' help. That's what I Here's say. Here's what you write back. Mm-hmm. What do you think the problem is about? <laughs> and called it, quote, his jam pad. Jam pad? I'm the fucking hippo guy. Dave, okay. My name's Gary. <laughs> My name's Gary. Wait. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tiggly Podcast. Okay. This is like Anarchy. On a five-part coefficient. <laughs> Come on, Now hit him with the puppy. You both present sick arguments. <laughs> no sleep tell hippo. No sleep tell hippo. Action part. Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. Rhoda. Rhoda in the court. Eighteen fifty-two. Yes. Year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Sarah Zimmerman was born somewhere in the Pale of Settlement in Russia. Wow. So, do you know what the Pale of Settlement is? <laughs> no, I mean I'm just imagining imagining like a foggy, icy area in Russia where a baby just floats on a block of ice towards some land, and they're like, "We've got another one." It's so much worse than that. The Pale of Settlement was a western region in Imperial Russia with sort of varying borders. It existed from 1791 to 1970s and 1917, and it was a place where Jews could live. And living beyond it was forbidden. Uh, I was going to say, if you start with that, it makes me feel like there's places where Jews couldn't live. Yes, a lot of them. Sarah immigrated to New York in 1868 and four years later met and married a fellow immigrant named Joel Edelson. Now, uh, Joel was a butcher on the Lower East Side. And as you can imagine, a butcher in the early 1900s. Awesome! Yeah. Uh, by 1900, he had made enough money to open a saloon. Okay. So really, if you were a butcher, was quite a lucrative position. Yeah. <laughs> well, for him it was. For a lot, it wasn't. Oh, really? Yeah. What was, what was his deal? He just well, there were cuts. There were so many butchers. Like there, like every block, really? every block would have one or two or three. Like it was just because people needed right. meat every day, and there were no freezers or yeah. refrigerators. Right. Right. Yeah. Every day you had to get meat. Right. Yeah. Um, so Sarah had six kids. 
four live to become adults. So that's a pretty good right. ratio. Two thirds. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, Sarah was a housewife. She helped at the bar and she was a matchmaker for young Jewish people. Oh, okay. Right. So, uh, well, we all know if she sings a song, Dave, let me know. I know the words to most of Matchmaker from oh. Fiddler on the Roof. Okay, river. great. Find me a find. Catch me a catch. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, in 1893, she fell through an open trap door and was seriously injured. Right. This happened at what, a wedding. By the way, that's, that's not a trap door. No. That's just a hole in the floor. Well, tra- it's an open trap door. Oh, yeah, a trap door you would fall through because it's a trap door. A- an open trap door is, is just a hole. It's a hole. So they've just... It's an open door. Instead of, instead of calculating who they're going to make fall through the floor, they're just like, it's now up to God. That's right. And it's, a fl- it's more of a floor door. It's more of an open floor door than it is a trap door. So it's a trapped floor. It's a floor trap. Right. So she sues the owner for 20000 but she lost... On what grounds? That the, the door shouldn't have been oh. open. Oh, right. that she fell through a hole. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, she, she lost and only got 50 bucks. Well, I mean... But our Sarah, that did not stop her. She kept going after the owner until he finally declared bankruptcy. So what, through whatever means she kept at him, she kept going at him. Like, she just was relentless. Wow. She bankrupted him. Yeah. Um, so they lived in dark, packed tenements, as we've talked about in many dollops. And a lot of this I wanted to bring up. Um, there is a tenement museum in New York on 91 Orchard Street. And they're, they're the ones who tipped me to this because they're having a little bit of trouble during COVID. They unionized last year. Uh, obviously, a lot of museums are having trouble. So they could use some help. Yeah. Um, but I found the story because I went and I looked put some of their stuff uh, when they shot me an email. Um, so check them out. Maybe throw them a little bit of cash if you can. That'd be great. Orchard Street. Tenement Museum in New York City. Uh, okay, so uh, they strictly followed Jewish law because they're very religious. Sarah's, Sarah's uh, wore the uh, wig, right? The shaitel, or as it's called, outside the home. Wait, wait, what is that? They, wig? Yeah, they would... Outside the home, they would wear a wig, and they still you see still see it around L.A. The Orthodox, um, yeah, community. So I don't remember the wig though. Yeah, yeah, the women wear wigs. Huh. Uh, her home uh, very kosher, as were most of the homes in this community. Uh, meat had to come from certain animals with cloven hooves that chewed cud and were slaughtered under strict rabbinical supervision, then soaked. Salted and drained of lifeblood, so it's a whole process. Process. It's, right, a, it's yeah. a certain kind of animal. It's a whole process. Um, right. In spring 1902, the price of kosher meat shot up. Okay, a pound of short ribs was suddenly being sold for fifty percent more. So, uh, uh, from twelve to eighteen cents a pound, which was super unaffordable for most right. of these immigrants. So refrigerated rail cars had been invented in 1872. Now, cows could be slaughtered in Chicago and the meat sent across the country instead of sending the cows across the country, right? Because of the, refri- right, because yeah. of the refrigerated cars, right. Uh, so before, cows had been shipped live, and now trusts at this time in the eight, or late 1800s are a big problem in the U.S. They're, you know taking over all kinds of sugar and different, you know. Wait, what is? Trusts. 
So companies coming oh, together. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Sorry, I misunderstood. Okay. No, so unions and progressives got two antitrust acts passed, the Interstate Commerce Act and the Sherman Antitrust Act, but they were still doing it. So five big meat packing men who own companies made a uh-huh. gentleman's agreement and became what is known as the Beef Trust. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> beef Trust. That's right. <laughs> Oh dear! Oh gosh! <laughs> Quite a name. <laughs> they drove small competitors out of business, or they bought them. So, so they they're starting a meatlopoly. Yes, it's a meatlopoly. That's correct. Wow. Okay. You know, they, like I said, they fixed prices. They took over the market. Beef Trust was so successful that by 1902, two thirds of New York beef was slaughtered before it arrived. Okay, wow. Um, but not kosher meat, because kosher meat had to be soaked and salted at a home within 72 hours of killing. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it did, there's more bells and whistles, plus the rabbi's got to be there. It's a whole, I that's mean, right. yeah. Um, around, there's around 585,000 Jews in New York who are buying kosher beef uh, from Manhattan's East River slaughterhouses. Okay. So this makes kosher kosher meat much more expensive. It was sold by about 600 small kosher butcher shops around, you know, Bronx and Manhattan and Brooklyn. All right. The butchers took meat on credit, sold the beef and paid back the slaughterhouse a couple of days later. <clears throat> wow, that is I mean, it's an operation. It's dicey. It is dicey. Yeah. You're really living on the edge. Yeah, it's not easy. Uh, so, because of the Sabbath and Sunday, I mean, and then you just think, then you just picture like a regular meat consumer, you know, like that conversation. Just like, boy, it sucks. My God, he's he's not hung up on all that. They're like, yes, well, our God is so specific. He's just, I don't know what his deal is with the. Yeah, he's just how he is. I guess I don't know. Ours is a little more chill. I mean, there's a lot we can't do. But uh, meat, he's just like, get whatever you can. Yeah, ours is so, he's just kind of a stickler. About it. He's like a meat stickler, so. So much money. All right, well, I'll see ya. So, uh, so because of the Sabbath and Sunday state laws, so there's the Sabbath, the Friday night to Saturday uh, night. Um, right. No working. And then Sunday state laws, which are because of the Christian uh, you know, state laws. What are they? No, you no, know, no, no, they purchase. They no made shops open. They made all butcher shops close on Sunday, like other right. places. Um, so that means that cattle were mostly killed on Friday, Mondays and Fridays to get the meat right. uh, to people's into people's houses who were eating kosher. So right, most went to uh, the butchers they knew who were on their block. Butchers and housewives very familiar with each other, right? You know your guy. When prices shot at 50%, the New York Sun b- blamed the Beef Trust. And the New York State uh, told the Attorney General to look into it. And New York City Board of Aldermen condemned, quote, the inhuman action of the combination known as the Beef Trust. When, you, when I picture the Beef Trust, it just sounds like a bunch of cows around a conference table. No, it sounds like a Tim and Eric uh, sketch. It's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's definitely, uh, 
Yeah, it's definitely not. It's never going to sound normal. It sounds like an MTV game show where people are blindfolded <laughs> and are maybe eating meat, but maybe are eating something different. <laughs> Welcome back to Beef Trust. Uh, all right, Gabriel here just bit into a sandwich that he thought was beef, but it ended up being a series of pebbles. All right, coming up next, we have Grace. She's going to try the beef trust. You nervous, Grace? I am. I just, uh, I hope I get beef. Well, if you don't, it's going to be crazy. Put the blindfold on. You can see in front of her right now. Do we have beef? No. Today, we have beef pizza. Oh, shit. Um, oh, this isn't beef at all. Oh, you shouldn't have trusted the beef. Beef trust is brought to you by Squirt. Already better than 50% of shows that were on MTV. Uh, Followed by Teen Mom. (laughs) President Teddy Roosevelt filed lawsuits under the Sherman Antitrust Act against the Beef Trust. Boy, that guy was a meat maniac. Yeah. He was was hunting it. He's enforcing. He's just all over the map. So the Beef Trust come out and they say, look, we're losing money. There was a bad corn crop in the Midwest, and now there's fewer cattle, so that's why the price is going up. And there's no meat trust. Right. That's their defense. First of all, we don't exist, and secondly, that's not why it's happening. Well, it sounds like it went the other way, which is always weird to be like, it's corn. There's a shortage of cows. First and foremost, there's a shortage of cows. The, the, the problem is they eat too much corn. They're being corn fed. They should be grass fed. And the second thing is everything you said is wrong. <laughs> So people buy people just start buying poultry, veal, lamb, eggs, and pork. Because this is this is not just affecting the kosher community, but it's affecting all of everybody's getting their beef prices right. jacked up. So uh, so with control of the slaughterhouses and the refrigerated cards, the beef trust then jacked up the prices of those other sources of protein. Wow! So the beef trust is now like we're the meat trust. <laughs> I also love the idea that, like, like you know what? The price of cows are too high. Let's just eat the baby ones. <laughs> uh, yeah, so because they have control of the, the slaughterhouse and the and the refrigerated cars, right. which all this stuff goes through, so they jack up the price of all that other stuff. Pork goes up two cents a pound. Via lamb and lard goes up in price. The, the trust stockpiles eggs. They keep eggs off the market to drive up the price of eggs. Jesus. Butchers go out of... And people in America are like, how's that? Don't you have to get eggs to market? No, if you go to other countries, eggs are not kept in refrigerators. Oh, yeah. No, I think it's, it's weird. It's bizarre that America keeps eggs in refrigerators. You can just keep them on a counter. They actually come with a natural coating that keeps them... Whatever. What's this natural coating? Uh, what does it appear to be? <laughs> Uh, it's much worse on the Lower East Side because kosher meat is more expensive than regular meat. So butchers went from making $55 a day to all of a sudden making $2 a day. Oh, shit. And on top of this, okay. so the eight-day Passover, eight-day Passover event, the, the mm-hmm. big event is coming. Big, big, big eight, big eight days in the Jewish community. Yeah, I didn't know, I didn't know that. I was uh, surprised yeah. that they go for eight days on that business. Has, have they ever? Have any of these people heard of pasta? Yeah, I don't think so. That's uh, <laughs> okay. It's meat. It's meat. Meat. It's meat time. I'm pretty sure said that God said just leave that for the Italians. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. Gotcha. So, can they eat pasta? Yes. Thank you. So, so the first and last days of Passover fall on Mondays, which makes it even harder with the 
right? Because they can't kill cows on Saturday or Sunday, right? So it's a whole shit show. Um, sometimes cops would look the other way if butchers open on Sundays, but they started cracking down this year. So on, okay. on April 13th, the week before Passover, they arrested 58 butchers who were open on a Sunday. So they're making Jesus a point. Jesus Christ. Uh, That's crazy. What are you in for? <laughs> Selling kosher meat <laughs> on Sunday? What about you? Uh, Murder. I, uh, sold, uh, I sold kosher meat on a Sunday, too. So it looks like there's 35 kosher meat butchers and then one murderer. <laughs> So that means next weekend, customers would have a small window to buy meat on Saturday after the sun goes down, right? So right, not a lot of time. Right. Joseph, so basically, like, you can get meat during vampire hours. That's right. Right. So Joseph Goldman, who is president of the East Side Hebrew Retail Butchers Kosher Guarantee and Benevolent Association. Should we shorten the name? <laughs> He says 200 butcher shops would fold after Passover with the prices and the trouble with the when they're open and stuff. So, okay. There were three main kosher slaughterhouses in New York, all Jewish German owned, right? So there there's a difference between the Russian Jews and the German Jews. Okay. It sounds like I can't be sure about this, but it sounds like the German Jews seem to have more money and a little more control and look down on the Russian Jews. But I, I don't want to okay. say that's for sure, but that's the that's what I took away. Okay. The butchers are blaming the German Jewish owned slaughterhouses for the problem. Right. Okay. The, the East Side Hebrew Retail Butchers Kosher Guarantee and Benevolent Association held a meeting and four hundred people came. Four hundred butchers. Okay. Goldman at the meeting reports that the slaughterhouses are not allowing butchers to take meat on credit. So on top of all this, now wow. the now all of a sudden because the butchers aren't making money, money now the slaughterhouses are like fuck you, you can't have it on credit. Right. And that's how a lot of them operate. Right, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. Um so they all take a vote and they vote to shut down all kosher butcher shops. For two weeks in Manhattan, Brooklyn, and the Bronx to drive down prices. That's going to be tough. That's going to be a tough... I mean, what do, what do you do if you're in the Jewish community and you want meat? That's, that's right. You simply can't have pasta. Uh-huh. Just, it's a lot of matzah, baby. <laughs> so, uh, some did not close. Like, David Kesper took his usual meat order at 6 p.m. on Saturday... So it sounds like a meat a meat wagon pulls up and he and he goes outside and gets the meat order from the Ugh. Yeah, it's a it sounds cool. It sure does sound cool. So after he takes his order in, fifty butchers show up and they throw rocks through his window and then they charge in and they destroy most of his meat and drag him into the street. Destroy most of his I mean, how do you like aren't you just isn't that just gonna be tartar? Hey, take these steaks and cut them into real small pieces. That'll show them. <laughs> Look at that, huh? Yeah, what about that? Oh, no, you got a bunch of tartar. It's actually better. Uh, well, take the chicken. Yeah, pound it out. Pound that chicken fried steak. God damn it, we're helping him. We're helping him make a better butcher shop. Let's get some crackers. Am I right? Yeah. Wait a minute. That's him. Um, yeah, like, I just, it's, 
uh, listen, obviously a very divided country always has been, but the fact that we're splitting hairs over, like the fact that we have that divide now in the meat arena, like religious crime, religious meat crime, just That's seems right. rare. Uh, the police arrived right when the butchers dragged him out, and they arrested some of the butchers. And then Kesper stayed open, but now no customers would dare come. Um, well, that's great. What a great... That's, that's fine. That's good. So the same thing happened at other shops that refused to close. Another butcher association meeting was held on May 11th, and this time 1,500 butchers came. Jesus Christ. They agreed not to buy meat from wholesalers for two more days. So... This is a little confusing, but there's slaughterhouses and there's wholesalers. So I think sometimes they're the same, and sometimes there's a separate wholesaler. But sure. basically, the wholesalers are taking the meat from the slaughterhouse, right? Yes, take so it from it goes the slaughter. sla- So your slaughterhouse potentially is a slaughterhouse and a wholesaler. If yes. not, then you take your slaughterhouse meat to a wholesaler, which then goes to the butcher and then goes to the people who go, nom, 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 we yeah. need more tomorrow. And yes, and so the wholesalers and and the slaughterhouse. I'm kind of. I'm going to use them kind of synonymous. They're kind of the same sort okay. of group. Okay. I've always loved that term slaughterhouse too. It's oh, such a sweet. It's so exactly what it is, and yet we and act. Isn't that? Isn't that nice though? I find that refreshing in the sense that we never. You never hear things labeled for what they really yeah. are yeah. any longer. So it's like free range means you leave a door open on like a dark coop. <laughs> Like, slaughterhouse is straightforward. It's like, what are you doing in there? We are slaughtering them in that house. Well, now we don't call them that. We call them meat plants or whatever, right? A beef plant. I th- I've always ha- thought they were called cow heaven machines. <laughs> so, uh, so the butchers all think the rising prices are the doing of the slaughterhouses. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brooklyn and Newark joined the boycott. So now it's spreading, right? It's, had, it's gone to Brooklyn and Newark. Um, right. 400 women in Brooklyn sign up to patrol. Patrol what? Patrol, patrol the, butcher, butcher the butcher shops. They're going to go out in groups and keep an eye on the butcher shops. I don't mean to be rude, but it just, like, it shows you how desperate they are if they're like, all right, listen, we have a women's security force. That's where we're at. <laughs> Like, in this time, for them to give, like, to empower women must be like, look, it is desperate. Oh, I don't, they, I don't think they empowered them, and I think the women did this on their own at first. So uh, the housewives are really fucking pissed because they can't get meat. Yeah, so they're right, furious. Right. So in Harlem, in Harlem, two women lay down on the train tracks to stop a butcher from going downtown with meat for sale. <laughs> I mean... It's a weird threat because it's if if he just goes ahead, he'll be making more meat. It'll just be out of ladies. Yeah, that's right. Less ladies. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, okay. So I mean, it's uh, it's on that level. Okay. So customers join the the obviously customers are joining the butcher butchers in their um, strike. I guess it is action, and they start going to delicatessens instead to get meat. Sure. 350 butchers meet with the wholesale slaughterhouse representatives. Slaughterhouse owner Ferdinand Sulzberger, who is basically part of the the Beef Trust, he's he's sure. part of it. 
Quote, it makes no difference to us whatever. If the butchers do not require the meat, then we will not be obliged to ship so many cattle. If they want to reduce the price, they will have to go out west and try to do it. We cannot help them in any way. That's the beef trust. And he's just saying, look, we can sell beef to non-Jewish butchers. We don't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, So the slaughterhouses offered to stop selling to middlemen. They're like, look, we'll cut out these middlemen wholesalers. I mean, basically, they're just saying, we'll take over the wholesale business. That's their solution. Slaughterhouses are, right. Yeah. They said they would only buy scraps used for sausage making from kosher butchers. So that's their second so, negotiation. What is the, what is their goal? Their goal is to s- the the wholesalers. The wholesalers' goal is or, sorry the 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 beef trust. They are now. I know they're trying to drive up the cost of beef, but our meat. But now are they essentially because what are they trying to do to the kosher butchers? Having having read this story, they, they would like to set up their own butcher shops. The. Uh, oh, okay, right. That okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So the beef trust is essentially just trying to franchise at this point. Yeah, they're trying to take out right. everything, every part of the process. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Full full monopolies. Yes. So they say that they'll get rid of the middleman. That they'll only buy scraps used for sausages from co- kosher butchers, and right. that they would hand over a list of kosher butchers who are selling no, kosher meat no. that isn't actually kosher. We need to stop with blacklists. This <laughs> is just... Uh, so they're going to have a list of kosher butchers who are selling non-kosher meat? Yeah, as kosher meat, yeah. Count, it's counterfeit f- f- kosher meat, basically. Right, right, yes. They have. They are counterfeiting. I mean, they're <laughs> counterfeiting. Um, but... Does that also just put, like, would it, uh, I mean, it's so weird with religion, but to me it'd be like, if I found out that, I'd be like, wait, so I've been eating, like, non-kosher meat for, like, a month thinking it's kosher meat, and I'm still here? I'm in a religious quandary. I don't, I don't know, like, I, my brain can never wrap itself around any of those rules that that religions deal with, and I just hear them and I because go, Because it's uh, crazy. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like, but whatever, I mean, it's what they believe. I don't know what, I don't know how it would affect them if they ate, co- I don't think they would melt, like, I just think it's a belief, like, they don't no, think or, you should. No, I mean, I think you get punished. Okay, well, maybe, I don't but know if I you think get punished. Is, I just think it's really? more like, I, I think it's more like you're supposed to be eating purely and... Well, then, I don't know. That's, see, that's the deal I feel like I have with God, where I'm like, hey, man, I messed up a bunch. I'm real sorry. Like, that's my plan. <laughs> you know, like, I'll be like, you're so forgiving. I think the, the, the kosher eating all came out of way back when it was probably the thing that was most sanitary and led to the least amount of sure. sickness. So that's what I would imagine it's, it sprang sure. from, and now it just held over. Right. Whatever right. tradition, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's another, if you need me to sing tradition from Fiddler on the Roof. I don't. You know, another song I don't. I'm very Thanks. familiar with tradition. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the butchers hear these offers, and on May 14th, they they decide to open up. Okay, but All right. the price the price issue, which was the very first issue of why they closed, had not changed. That's all right. That doesn't matter. Problem solved. Let's open up. And then on top of that. When they came back, they raised their prices. Good. All right. So the model is good. It will work. (laughs) 
So the women, the housewives on the Lower East Side, are furious. Okay. They feel betrayed by the butchers. They join them in their cause, and then they were yep. like, yeah, who cares? So Sarah Edelson and two of her neighbors announced a meeting for Eastside Jewish women to discuss options of what to do. Okay. And uh, the butchers found this very amusing. Amusing. Like uh, when, <laughs> a bunch of women <laughs> having a meat meeting. <laughs> women. Hey, like that. Having a meeting. <laughs> Not like us when we have a meeting. Sarah was only expecting around 50 women, but 500 showed up and packed the hall. Oh, no. More packed, couldn't get in, and were outside. So it's just this massive because right. they need meat to live. Like that's yeah. what they're eating. So yes. they decide the women all agree they could go without meat for a month if they needed to. Some yelled, "Quote, burn down their shops." Burn. Well, the problem with that is then you're going to be like, mm, "The burgers, unbelievable, <laughs> so good." One woman, Paula Finkel, said they would make the butchers wish they had never been born. Wow. So the women are pissed. It sounds like it. Uh, so they decide to boycott. That's what they agree to. They all pitch in and they raise... Well, they're, they're, they're woman-cotting, really. Yes, yeah, so they all pitch in and they raise... Uh, together, they raise $20.85 to help with the cause. This will go for marketing you know, purposes, right. but also to pay people. If they bought meat, they don't want them to use it and to, like get them to on their side like oh well here's right. here's 20 cents for the meat and we're going to throw it away and now you join us that kind of thing wow <clears throat> so they created committees to patrol and printed a call to action they made 5000 copies it had a skull and crossbones and it read eat no meat while the trust is taking meat from the bones of your women and children jesus christ they it's just again i'm sure the language was different but <laughs> Some of these things you're all, you're just like what are you what is going on? It's hard to tell. <laughs> Stop the meat trust. Do the thing better. We're not going to eat each. Uh, uh, the yay. Uh, so beginning uh, at three a.m. on May fifteenth, women began picketing shops. Okay. Uh, by seven a.m., there were three thousand women on the streets in front of butcher shops. Holy shit. Their instructions were to, quote, buy no meat yourselves and let no one else buy meat. That is, that's that second part. Yeah. That's what we need. That, I mean, that truly is like, if we could have that attitude in this country, yeah. it would be, yeah, get some stuff done. Uh, the strikers explained why customers should not buy. So they would stop people on the street and explain to them why they shouldn't. Most didn't. Some did buy. On Cherry Street, a butcher sold meat to a woman. Uh, when she walked out, her meat was grabbed and thrown into the gutter, and then she was chased down the street. Well, I mean, listen, you, <laughs> I mean, you, you heard them. There's 3,000 of them <laughs> telling you to not buy meat. You went inside, you know. Women rushed into the butcher shop, and they grabbed all his meat and threw it in the street. Oh, my God. The cops came, and they arrested 14 of the women. A mob then followed the cops, yelling at them and throwing pieces of meat at them. I mean, meat has value at this point. So if you're like a cop, aren't you like, oh, awesome. Reveal. <laughs> One woman who is in this mob, so she's walking down the street. She's nursing her baby. 
And she has a plate in her hand that she throws at a cop and knocks his helmet off. Wait a minute. Now, that sounds like a carnival game. (laughs) So she's got a baby on her boob. Yeah. Nursing uh-huh. and has the act. I mean, get her in a like frisbee league. She yeah. should be a frolfer. No, she's and good. she throws a plate and just sort of like James Bond's a cop. Yeah, while a baby is like nom 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 nom, and he's full. Jeez. That little guy. <laughs> you don't know that. On Essex Street, butcher Louis Glasman sold a woman meat. Outside, she was met by an angry crowd. Quote, I have a sick husband. He has to eat meat. I mean, <laughs> I guess it's hard to like. Well, first of all, that makes no sense. Does that make any sense what she said? <laughs> oh, it? Uh, yeah, because they believe that uh, okay. if you're ill, you have to eat meat. That's what they think. They think that makes you stronger. Okay. It feels like it could be. I mean, it just. It's, I don't know how, I mean, you have to come out so, sh- like, hi, oh, hey, power to the people, y'all, yes, absolutely, um, oh, this, <laughs> just a little pork for my husband, he, um, he's so, he's so sniffly, he's so sick, he needs this, so, um, I'll just go cut this up for him, excuse me, pardon, excuse me, <laughs> or you'd have to fake it. I mean, you would have to treat it like contraband. Or you, you would have to just like put a pork chop between your butt cheeks and just be like, <laughs> I went in there and gave him a piece of my mind. I told him a thing or two. Uh, he's in there selling meat. He's got these fucking pork chops. Unbelievable. Anyway, I sprained both of my legs, so I'm going to walk this way. But uh, if it looks funny, it's because my legs are both sprained real bad. Not because I got pork butt. I'm going to a hospital. That's why... <laughs> I have all the meat. Yeah. Or you just you just walk out of there looking like Lady Gaga at the Grammys, just in a bacon jacket. Like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, pardon, excuse me. So they didn't care. Uh, they took her meat and they threw it in the street. The protesters called themselves strikers, and anyone who bought meat was a scab. Wow. A wholesaler collector pulled up in his wagon and women yelled, quote, meat baron. <laughs> meat baron. <laughs> meat baron. <laughs> I'd love to meet y'all. How are you? Hello. No. Meat no. Oh, oh. M-E-A-T, meat baron. Oh, it's hard to tell. Oh, no. Oh, no. Someone grabbed the horse's bridle and the collector jumped and ran off leaving his wagon. <laughs> what the fuck can you imagine? Leaving everything, like, just being like, I'm out of here. I'll get a new everything. A bleeding butcher ran into Madison Police Station. He said women had knocked him down and kicked him. The police headed to the area and attacked the protesters with billy clubs. Smart. More injured butchers kept arriving at police stations. Cops were called in from other stations. Wow. The World so, Newspaper, quote, the police... What, I'm sorry, the title of this newspaper the is world. what? <laughs> okay, ambitious. It's, it's a big <laughs> circulation. <laughs> the universe, the universe news. Quote, police swung their clubs and bruised many heads and battered bodies resulted. Some of the policemen were rough to the point of brutality in enforcing the general order to move on. The protesters fought back. I see such a simple solution. Start eating the butchers. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. <laughs> From roofs came, quote, a shower of bricks, china, utensils, flat irons, and all sorts of missiles. So when that starts happening, cops take their violence up a notch. Quote, whoever didn't obey an order to move was clubbed, whether man, woman, or child. And ambulances were kept busy ferrying the wounded to local hospitals. So it's it's kicked off. They're beating women and kids in the street with billy clubs, and they're throwing fucking bricks down on them. It's it's, It's on. Irons. Women now started charging into tenements. And grabbing meat off people's tables and throwing it out the window. This is amazing. <laughs> this is this is how you do it. I mean, this it's just it's such a it's like you just don't take shit. That's all it is. You just go fuck it. We're gonna go into their home and throw their roast out of the goddamn window. A butcher was arrested for paying two boys to throw water on protesters from his roof. I mean, with all the things that it sounds like are going on, having two children throw water feels like a pretty weak Yeah, it's not terrible. They're throwing irons at us. People are being beaten. Hey, kids, what do you say you throw some cups of water on the crowd, huh? Really give them a what's for, eh? Yeah. Uh, Goldman, member from the Long Name Association of Butchers. Yeah, yeah. He said butchers are not jacking up prices and they're losing money. He said the protesters are justified. And then he closed his shop and said butchers could hold out for a month. So at this point, he's like, yeah, they're paying too Everyone's getting jacked by the beef trust, and, and the protesters are right. So Heavy. arrested protesters started appearing before the magistrate, uh, Robert Cornell. Cornell, quote, it's none of your business whether they eat meat or fish. The trouble is that you women are ignorant of the meat business and do not understand the conditions. But they did. Wow. But they exactly. Yeah, they're right. They, their whole right? thing was the price of meat is shot through the roof. Something is wrong. For no. Yes. So they're completely. And the beef trust has yes. done it. Right. And this judge is like, oh, women, you can't tell a salmon from corned beef. (laughs) And one woman was like, yeah, so your answer is that I should stay home and cry and then nothing changes? Yeah. And he fined her $3. That's it. I'm going to fine you as much money as we have at this time, which is $3. I'm throwing the legal book. So as the day went on, his fines went up and up. I'm the meat judge. (laughs) I Judge Meat! I am Judge Meat! You coming to my courthouse with some bullshit, I throw right out at you. A lot of butchers put meat on the scales to tell how much it weighs and how the price is. I do that with justice. <laughs> so, so he's he's upping the fines as the day goes on and he hears more cases. A woman came out of a butcher shop and told the crowd she had no idea there was a boycott. And someone yelled, (laughs) I thought there was a concert. (laughs) And someone yelled, quote, let's not allow her to eat poison. But they gave her money to cover the cost of the meat. And then they took it and threw it in the street. Well, okay. Can I point out who you want to be? This is how you get meat in this time. You are in the crowd and you're the person who goes, she didn't understand. Here's the $7, miss. Now I'll take your beef off of your hands and get rid of it. And then you just walk yeah. home. 
Or you could be the meat catcher where they someone takes the meat and throws it and you yeah, right. dive and catch it like it's a like you're a wide receiver. Yeah. And you take that meat home. Yeah, or like you're at a wedding catching That's some right. flowers. Yeah, exactly. You're just the person who's like, more beef? Well, don't mind if I throw it in the sewer. Take this home. <laughs> So Sarah Edelson is going around addressing crowds throughout the day on the street until police are finally like, okay, enough, and they arrest her. Magistrate Cornell blames Sarah for inciting the riots and fined her $10. That's right. You're in the meat court. (laughs) I would watch meat court. Welcome to meat court. I'm Judge Veal. (laughs) Once she was released, she immediately called for a meeting at 8 p.m., and 5,000 show up for that meeting. They, they are so eager that they rush in and the doors are ripped off the hinges and some women are trampled. Jesus Christ. Another 15,000 are outside. It's called, it's called being... It's called being t- <laughs> Another 15,000 women are outside on the street. Holy shit. So 20,000... Women. So I mean, if you're part, uh, if you're part of the meat trust or big meat, I mean, you have to be thinking like, okay, this is a little. Bit. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but no. Now there's labor lead- labor leaders getting involved. So the guys who organize things and do things, they're seeing this take place, and they're like, okay, let's let's get involved because we understand organizing, but also like, uh, it's a bunch of women. We should probably jump in here. Um, right. So Joseph Barandes, he uh, he kind of takes over the meeting, and he suggests that they start co-ops. So the idea being they would buy their own cattle, ship them, slaughter them, and sell the meat themselves. Mm. So the cops tried to make the crowd move that's in front, and the crowd will not move. So the cops start hitting them with billy clubs. Uh at one sure. point, they arrest a 14-year-old girl, and the crowd is furious, so they try to free her. And the cops manage to drag the girl down Broom Street while being attacked by water, bottles, stones, and bricks that are being thrown from buildings. It's just nice to hear that the police still can stick to their guns today. Like <laughs> as long as nothing changes on that end. Yeah. Yeah. More open butcher shops were found on Rivington and Delancey streets, and they were attacked. Their, their meat Jesus. was just thrown in the street, and now they started soaking some meat in kerosene and lighting it on fire. See, there you go. That, well, I mean, Dave, I hate, but, uh, you know, uh, what, I mean, what's next? Someone's going to be like, you know what, it needs a little thyme and rosemary. <laughs> That'll show them. Like, at some point, you're... You know what I mean? The smell in the air of cooked meat is not going to help people be like, we don't need this. By the way, what is that, a ribeye? That smells unbelievable. Not since the cotton candy riots has there been a better smelling riot. Right. Um, Where did it go? So cops are just beating protesters like crazy. Quote, blood was everywhere. So any quote I use where I don't say who it's from, it's from Scott Siegelman, who wrote a a book about... uh, this event at a shop on Essex a woman asked the butcher to join them and he responded by locking the door going to the window standing in it and stripping the woman Um, ran away horrified and then all the women in the neighborhood vowed to never go to his butcher shop again what 
what uh, um, the tactic of the butcher here is? I, I guess what I'm I feel like he flag on. I feel like he took an opportunity to do something he had always wanted to do that had nothing to do with sure. the strike. Sure, because his answer was like, "What about some dick? How about if I just show everybody my nude form?" <laughs> What? Uh, so the the women. I'm selling pieces of myself. Who wants rump meat? So uh, the women also saw this as a fight between rich and poor. One woman shouted, "Quote: They think women aren't people that they can bluff us. We'll show them that we are more people than the fat millionaires who suck our blood." Mm. So. They're saying we're not being seen as women and also that the rich guys are pieces of shit. So by now, if the demonstrators even saw a cop, they would start screaming murderer and other names at him. Quote, one officer who tried to rescue some meat buyers was slapped in the face with a moist piece of liver. Oh, my Lord. What? That's like Monty Python. (laughs) That is so surreal. What what do you, what, do you oh. what happens when you get meat? I don't know because it's so shocking when it happens. Yeah, you probably don't know what to do. Like, what's the matter, Clark? Something weird happened earlier on the street. What? I got bacon whipped. What? This lady bacon whipped me. What does that even? She took a bunch of bacon, she slapped me across the face. It made such a noise, everyone laughed. That's so humiliating. Uh, I've been humiliated (laughs) A crowd formed around the Delancey police station Fire hoses were used to drive them back The mob moved just beyond the reach of the hose And stayed there Cops now started arresting people Who had nothing to do with protests A man walking home A doctor going to the drugstore A bookkeeper called the world newspaper And said quote The police are killing people down here the world should have men here to see what's going on. And when the bookkeeper walked back out onto the street, a cop grabbed him by the throat and beat him with his billy club and then arrested him. Oh, my God. So now it's, now it's a combination uh, a- yeah, now action, it's just- right? So uh, an action by people and then now a cop riot on top of it. So it's, a, right. it's the usual it's really standard. Uh, yep. Regular, regular practice. Uh, at 10 p.m., a group of women went to see the district attorney. The DA left a game of ping pong and went to New Irving Hall. So this was serious. Because the, the, uh, the DA is walking away from ping, uh, a middle of a, not, he didn't wait till it ended. He walked away in the middle of a ping pong game. John, it's 1514. <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, this game is unbelievable, but unfortunately, those meat riots are... Oh, come on. It's just meat no, riots. No, no, no. I'd love to... I understand. I know. I'd love to finish this game, obviously. Nothing fulfills me more than our games of Pong, Ted. Okay, but, well, then at least slam the beer. If you're going to walk away, you got to drink the whole beer. Ah, oh, damn it. All right. Uh, I love to party. <laughs> All right. Take care. So... Uh, he gets there, and the captain, uh, the police captain, tells him everything is under control. Moments later, how was the game, <laughs> sir? It, it doesn't matter. I didn't finish. What? What? Did, did not now. 
Not now. No, it was great. It was great. I'm, it's uh, your ping pong night. I know. It, look, I'm, I left it. I left the game. It's a great. It's awesome. I can't wait to finish. The, we're going to finish the game. It's my serve. So the police captain says everything's under control. And then moments later, the captain was hit in the head by a brick and some eggs thrown from the roofs. Uh, Dave, everything about that works for me comedically. Uh, I have no notes. The idea of saying everything is going to work out perfectly, then a brick hits you, and then eggs, that's just, that's how it's supposed to go. The DA told the demonstrators to go home and that they were looking like bad citizens. Now, they went to him. (laughs) They went to him because he had always said, I'll have an open door for your community. And then he gets there and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Let's all just go home and finish our games of ping pong or whatever leisure activity we're doing. Maybe some of us are playing another game. Some of us are playing ping pong. Some of us love ping pong. Some of us have reconnected with old friends over ping pong. Little racket, tiny net, big heart. That's what I think when I think ping pong. <laughs> Cut to but anyway, let's all go home to our ping pong table. The, the Russian Jewish teenage kid who's in his tenement, just a tiny bit of room to play ping pong. I'm going to make it, Dad. What these, what these ping pong? Hey, we cannot afford the other pedal. You use hand. You play hand pong. <laughs> Smack it. You use this meat pedal. That's not, it doesn't, the ball just hits it and falls down. It just thwack. Oh. It makes a thwap, sort of. I've stolen so much meat from street today. I just want to. Here, come in meat fort. <laughs> Look inside here, huh? <laughs> this is the room that Fowl That's built. Terrible. The smell's not good, huh? Oh, it smells like death. Yeah, that's right. Nice little uh, meat igloo, huh? Like no. that? Feel that wall? Feel that no. wall, huh? Uh, 100% it's pork. It's terrible. Uh, uh, don't salt the meat with your tears. Come on. Uh, the crowds broke up around midnight. Hundreds had been arrested. Almost every kosher butcher shop was shut down. The protesters now blame the butchers. The butchers blame the wholesalers and slaughterhouses, and the wholesalers and slaughterhouses blame Midwest Beef Trust. Meat Trust? Okay, there we go. Yeah. I mean, that really is how you do get... I mean, yeah, it's... I mean, that's what you have to follow, right? You got to make those lines connect all the way Yeah, that's how things like a Beef Trust get away with it. They get everyone fighting. The Beef Trust is just lying, so that's how it's all working out. The next morning, the Ford paper compared the scene t- to what it looked like after a Russian pogrom. Quote, for several blocks, there was not a butcher shop with an intact stunt for, with an intact storefront in sight. Some markets had been completely demolished. The butchers sold their meat to sausage makers. So, they're ta- uh, so sausage makers are laughing all the time. <laughs> yeah, they are. Make. But they're taking a loss when they sell it to sausage makers. Sure, yeah. Sarah, Sarah Edelson was interviewed by... Uh, the New York world quote, I had no idea of starting such a big movement, but all that was needed was a word or two. Then everybody jumped in. She also said they're sick of being robbed. So they viewed this as just like being screwed over by rich people. And she said they wouldn't quit till the prices came down, even if that took six months. So the next day, the police commissioner calls for 500 cops to come from other precincts around the city. And they gave them rubber hoses to use instead of billy clubs. Rubber hose? What do you mean? Like, 
hoses that were no, on? No, they cut a section of rubber hose to use to beat people instead of billy clubs. It's not as damaging. I mean, I'm all for that. Right. So instead okay. of saying don't hit them, they're like, hit them with this. It's softer. <laughs> well, they're just going to hose whip yeah. them? Uh, that hurt. Uh, that hurt. Yeah, I mean, no, it, it hurts, hurts. But it's less than a billy. I mean, I a billy club can break bones. So th- essentially, right. So essentially, he's just like nerfed his whole yeah, department. Yeah, nerfed his. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Okay. <laughs> All right. So he's like, hey guys, let me introduce you to Nerf Billy Club. So sure enough, at six a.m., it kicked off again. Cops started breaking up mobs, but the mobs would just reform somewhere else. The Tribune quote: "The main disturbance was caused by women armed with sticks." Vocabularies and well sharpened knives. They made life miserable for the policemen. What a list. It's just such a it's such a dude writing about women. So they got these things yeah. stick things they're hitting people with. Also the language. They got the goddamn language. They got weapons. Somehow they're picking up they're picking up words. They have like knowledge. <laughs> it is terrible. What has happened to their brains is truly a problem. They are using words. I don't know what else to say, but I was just down there and the women are able to use language and it is not okay. And they are using it like a man would. They are using a man's language and they are making it so that man, <laughs> these women, these are not, these are not women. These are aliens. <laughs> They are not. They have become so bad. <laughs> so, so now, when they're arresting someone, everyone just attacks the cops to try to free the person. Boy, these hoses aren't great. Uh, cops, patrol rag- wagons filled up the streets to fill with women to take to court. The magistrate is now just giving out ten dollar fines. So crowds pack the court and they cheer the women who are you know in court. Um, three right. women were fined for using kerosene to sh- set a shop on fire. Ida Busaki was given three months for beating up a cop. That's the best one. She just yeah. beat up a cop. <laughs> that cop is like, it's fine. New York World described her as a, quote, giantess. Wow. <laughs> the Tribune called the protests, okay. quote, Amazonian warfare. What is going on? What do you think? It's just men are writing stories about women. I know, but it's just crazy. (laughs) Uh, So now at the same time, women are also going door to door to convince others to join the boycott. So they're they're organizing, right? They're going out and talking to person to person like, hey, this is what we need to do while having direct action. They're both happening at the same time. But I mean, also, if you're one of those households that's like sneaking meat when they knock on the door, you've got a real like inglorious bastards opening <laughs> on your hands. That's right. A thousand gathered in front of the court and the magistrate then ordered the court cleared. A cops tried, but they couldn't. And that just led to the crowd size growing to 3000. Minnie Ostlander and others chased uh, Mrs. Schwartz into her tenement up the stairs into her apartment and ordered her to turn over a chicken she had just bought. Wow. Mrs. Schwartz refused. I mean, whoa. So what happened? They threatened to destroy her apartment. (laughs) Okie dokie, Mrs. Schwartz, your And then Mr. Schwartz grabbed the chicken and handed it over. (laughs) Wow. Quote, Ostlander held her quarry high above her head and screamed with delight as she carried it down to the street. 
my where God. she was immediately arrested. Wow. <laughs> It is really popping off. <laughs> Sarah Edelson called a meeting in the afternoon to discuss kosher delicatessens who had now raised their prices. Oh. So everybody's just a fucking dick, right? Like, right. Just, just keep your prices the fuck. Just because now everybody wants me to the going to you. You don't raise your goddamn prices. Just try to be a part. Okay, that's the free market. That's the free market. <laughs> it is, but it's just fuck. So just let it. Let it, let it run. So they baby. immediately vote to boycott delis now. Soon, 500 women attacked Herman's restaurant on Allen Street. They ordered one man inside to send <laughs> back his cured meat, and he refused, so they took it from him, dragged him into the street, and beat him. I'm te- l- listen, at, at this point, if they ask you to do something, yeah. you do it. 100%. It's That's a mob. It. You do what yeah. the mob says, and if you don't like it, you talk yes. about it later. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. To, oh, yeah, I don't want this. Get this out of here. It's bullshit. Didn't you know that there's a boycott, you idiots? What am I even doing in here? You know, the thing is, I hit my head so hard earlier. I didn't know what was going on. I forgot what year it was. I just came out of instinct. But now that I'm remembering, we're not supposed to eat meat. Gosh, thank God you women are doing this. You've saved me. You've saved me a lot. Thank you. So, excuse me. I would say about. Eighty percent of the mobs are women, and twenty percent are men. At this point, there's definitely men joining in. Um, on Friday, the magistrate had fined ninety people, seventy of whom are women. If they had no money, they stayed in jail. Now, this meant kids had no one to look after them at home because the dads certainly weren't going to do that. Well, that's that is amazing. That is just an amazing statement. So. 200 men. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> They're here without the mom. Wait a minute. There's a meat shortage. She's not here. Eat the kids. Well, just sitting there looking at it, and you're just like, who is supposed to feed them? They're going to starve. Do uh, either of you need to move your bowels? <laughs> Raise your hand if you do. Uh, if you're hungry... Use this spoon and tap it on the floor. Um, breathing is encouraged constantly. Uh, uh, you need, uh, do you guys still breastfeed? You're 10, 12? No. Is it, uh, 10. Okay, so good. So if you need that, then we'll figure it out. If you have to have milk, I'll find a way to be milked. <laughs> um, I, I'm not sure exactly how it'll happen, but you, your mother was very leaky when she had you. Surely I could get some stuff out of these things. Um, is that your hand up? You have got to move your bowels? No. Oh, I thought you said my okay. head. Okay. Oh, uh, oh I, I, yeah, that's a, if there's itch, if you need to itch, feel free. Permission to itch is granted throughout this whole time. Terrible time. Uh, Caitlin, you got to move my, my, your bowels? Or? Sarah, Sarah, the girl, 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 child, do you need to move your bowels? <laughs> yes. Do you have to move them? Yes. You do? Oh, great. Okay, great. Well, you're supposed to raise your hand. For future reference, I raise your hand. So if you put your hand up, I'll... How does your mother normally uh, <laughs> move your bells for you? I'm not sure. Yeah. She doesn't do that. Great. Oh, what a relief, because I was like, I don't know what to do. Um, so do you know... Yeah, I take the bucket and go outside you know to, and shit in the alley like I always have, Dad. All right. Feels like maybe you should be in charge until your mother comes home. See, I like that... Get some real gusto there. So this, no one being able to take care of the kids, led 200 men to protest in front of the court. 
This is now bullshit. <laughs> this is now bullshit. This just became bullshit. They shouted, quote, release the women. Hurry, hurry. My kid can't wipe his own and ass. And then they tried to break through the main gate and cops beat them back with billy clubs. Jesus. That's oh, we, were th- we were told you were using hoses. <laughs> so at sunset, the Sabbath began and the protests ended. Now, the women used the Sabbath to go to synagogues to try to talk to men. I guess there's something where you can interrupt at, at a synagogue, interrupt the Torah, whatever it uh-huh. is. And it was a time to just right. talk about injustices or what's going on. Um, but some of the men let them do it at synagogues. Most of them, they were pretty well received. But a couple of synagogues, like, fuck no, women are not coming here talking. At the Madison Street Synagogue, the men, the men blocked them from entering. The synagogue president then, then called the cops to get them out. At the People's Synagogue of the Educational Alliance, Rabbi Adolf Radin told them they were ignorant and didn't have the brains to pull off a boycott. Oh, boy. Well, it's good to see religion strong. Uh, He he called Caroline Schatzberg, who was one of the leaders, uh, he called Caroline a beast. But still, they were doing this organizing, and after the, when the Sabbath ends on Saturday evening, half a million Jews have pledged not to buy meat until prices come down. Wow. So after, after Sabbath, about six butchers opened. There was a riot in front of a poultry shop on Pearl Street. The women broke in, took the chickens, threw them in the street. The protest spread. Hundreds of women marched from Manhattan to Williamsburg to get the women there to boycott. They attacked a butcher shop. They charged in. They flipped over tables that had meat on them. Butcher Julius. Well, what are you opening your sh- What are you opening your butcher shop for? Like, what you have a death wish? Yeah, over in Williamsburg, it's not that bad yet. I think it's just like so. There's it's just some, a boycott. Right, it's so, not a you know. But now it's yeah. spreading, right? Butcher. Uh, Julius Goldberg on Moore Street stood in front of the door of his butcher shop holding a meat cleaver and an axe. And he told them he would defend his business and that the beef trust had forced him to raise prices and he would kill the first person who got in the way of him feeding his family. Now, Dave, I know you love capitalism. Isn't that a fun little image? (laughs) A man in front of his meat shop shouting, the beef trust made me do it, and I'll kill the first person that comes up here. It's like, hey, all right, what a good system. Look, people. Look at the system working. It's all because people want to eat food. Isn't it cool? <laughs> all right, so new plan. I'm going to start killing people. How's that? All right? Is that better? Uh, so rotten vegetables are thrown at him. His windows are broken. Uh, the mob followed a Williamsburg woman home who bought meat and sacked their homes. So now they're just following women who bought meat and attacking their homes. <laughs> All the meat's thrown out. Then the cops came and attacked the, the mob of women. And stones and meat are being thrown. Women are beaten. Stones? <laughs> stones and meat? It leads to a big a bunch of women running away and 50 people are trampled. In the Bronx, women start taking recently bought meat from customers and throwing it in the street. Cops start arresting the women, but then they attack the cops. 
The cops at one point had to retreat into a Chinese laundry because they had arrested a couple people. And the crowd tries to break into the Chinese laundry, throwing stones through the windows. So the cops are retreating into fucking buildings. That's cool, yeah. I'm sure if you're the Chinese laundry, you're like, oh, great, yes, finally. You guys are awesome. Thank you for stopping in here. This is perfect. Really, thank you so much, guys. In Harlem, 100 women beat a man who had just purchased meat, and several butcher shops were destroyed. So, again, it's spreading up to Harlem now. Uh, New York State couldn't find any members of the Beef Trust to serve them with papers to appear in court. So they've all just vanished. Perfect. Right. It was shocking. On Sunday, the Chicago Tribune and New York Herald published a story about internal documents from a Beef Trust company. It laid out the conspiracy to raise prices, take over territory, and drive out competitors. The trust members in it used code names, but they're all very obvious. So now there's a story that just breaks it all the fuck open. They're like, this is clearly, right. you know... Literally what's happening. And they have documents and everything. So the trust moved all of their company's offices from New York to New Jersey. Okay. So now New York can't get them Right. Anymore. They just switched. And that's what's great. And by the way, that's... <laughs> It's just it shows you how rudimentary everything is. Now we just go to like the Caribbean. Yeah. Just way better. <laughs> um, okay, so now they've so now the the beef trust is now on the lamb. Yeah. Well, not really on the lamb, right? They just moved to a place that's like, yeah, you can be our friend. We'll we'll take care of you. I had to say, okay. lamb. On Sunday, there were no protests. It was all organizing and planning. Butchers voted to keep Uh-oh. the shops closed. The protesters voted to create a permanent advocacy association called the Ladies Anti-Beef Trust Association. Mm-hmm. Sarah Edelson was not elected as an officer. Okay. Some men were. The Ladies Association was now kind of merging with labor unions. So that means men, right. many more men are getting voices. And Sarah's not happy about this. Sure. On Monday, Joseph Solomon opened his butcher shop and was immediately attacked. The cops stopped most of the damage, but he had to shut down. Another butcher had to be escorted by cops to, tra- to the train station with his unsold meat. <laughs> what? So he's just got like a couple bags full of yeah, beef? I guess. Excuse me. <laughs> like he's carrying it just like his, le- like his go bag? I hoping it's just in his arms. <laughs> Yeah, excuse me, pardon me, but I mean that is a tough time to be walking. I mean, that, you may as well be walking around with a billion dollars in your bags. <laughs> excuse me, pardon me. Do you mind if I sit my meat sacks over here? Is anyone sitting here? Can I put my duffel bags of beef here? <laughs> Do you mind? The ladies' association held a meeting Monday night, and Sarah is fucking pissed. So she's had twenty-four hours to think about not being elected as one of the leaders, right? And she tries to charge the stage. The women on the stage block her. Now, Sarah's really big, and her son is like 400 pounds. Like, they're huge people. Sarah and her crew try to push to get on the stage, and they eventually push their way through, get on the stage. Wow. And then Schatzberg, who we've talked about, Caroline Schatzberg, yeah. leaps towards Sarah, shrieking to attack her, and people hold Schatzberg back. And Sarah just stands motionless, glaring at her. And the whole crowd is just like, what the fuck? These are our leaders. What the fuck is happening? Yeah. And then a dude yells that both women could be co-presidents, and then the whole audience cheers. Like, yeah, let's do that. 
But Sarah's okay. like, fuck no, I don't want to share. I started this motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, it's just, isn't that, I'm not trying to be a dickhead, but isn't that just like a guy? Like he just got there, he doesn't know enough, <laughs> and just kind of tosses out like what he thinks is like a good solution with very little knowledge or perspective. I have an idea. <laughs> and one of the people in his plan is like, no! <laughs> Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, ladies, 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 ladies. I think I can fix this. They can both be presidents. And boom, a man did it. A man did it. A man fixed it. A man did it. So Sarah said she started the boycott, and she'd actually been arrested, unlike Schatzberg. But the demonstrators, she was, so she's saying, I want to be president alone. And the demonstrators are like, well, we already right. voted for Schatzberg. We're not going to take that back. You can be co-president. So Sarah ends up storming out furious after saying she was going to hold on to all the money that she'd collected instead of handing it over to the Ladies Association. Oh, shit. <clears throat> That's, is, yep. I think we're losing we the We are meat losing plot. the plot. The government won in court on Tuesday the 20th. The Beef Trust was forbidden to bid on livestock, make new credit rules, get rebates from railroads. Pretty much everything that was giving him control, this judge was like, you're fucking done. Right. Okay. Now, it wasn't over. It was just like a, an immediate injunction, and then they could bring their evidence to stop. But it, it, it's like stopping the crisis immediately. Right now. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. The Lower East Side was calm that day. But now there was rioting in Harlem, Newark, and Boston. In Boston, some butchers demanded others stop buying from the biggest kosher wholesalers. So now the butchers are going at each other in Boston. Wow. Three butchers refused and were hit with eggs, vegetables, and stones. A large group of women joined in. One yelled about the butcher, quote, vein him as he veins his meat. Ugh. Ugh. So that's intense. That's just that's he he if I mean if you hear that you're like yeah uh, you know what I think yeah I'll stop. I will stop. That is very specific. Uh that butcher was dragged into the street and beaten. Another store was attacked. The butcher and his son pulled knives to defend the shop, but they could, they had to fi- they had to like fight off three waves of attacks and finally they could stop it. Yeah, and you're getting things thrown at you. Like, your knife will be like, "Uh uh-huh. A meeting of 600 was held, but men had been infiltrating and taking over. The meeting was at the Educational Alliance, and the male Educational Alliance superintendent led the meeting because it was his building. So it is now officially like, yeah, you've opened the door. That's right, you opened the door. The chair at this meeting, so... You got a case of the man. So it's basically 600 delegates of these groups that are forming all over. So, right, so there's sort of the people who are organizing and doing all this stuff. But the chair threatens to pull his delegates from the group if the women in the hall did not stop their, quote, chattering. (laughs) Excuse me, motherfucker. I'm sorry. Our chattering... That has gotten us uh, here, yeah, it's, you <laughs> prick. Now, women, haven't you said enough? <laughs> oh. He told them from now on, the men should be fighting or the women would be blamed if they lost. What a kind... What? Is, what? 
Yeah. It's so funny because the women have done all the fucking work to get everything, and it's going well, and it's, it's going, going well. and it's going yeah. well, and now and now it's like, all right, ladies, let us let's change a bunch of stuff. <laughs> the men are here, so they Don't you worry. So they set up a ten person steering committee, and the steering committee was made up of seven men and three women. Oh, here we go. And then the committee created a new organization, right? So it's. They already have an organization. Yeah, but now they're going to create like a side organization called the No Girls Allowed. <laughs> right, they already have the Ladies uh, Association. So they create this new organization. It's called the Allied Conference for Cheap Kosher Meat. So now notice the okay. difference here. There's a little emphasis on kosher, which hasn't really been there before. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a combination of sort of union labor organizing people getting in there and then also uh, kosher, people who want to have more kosher rules uh, getting involved. So big, big kosher. <clears throat> yeah, so there's this move to get more uh, rabbi oversight in the slaughterhouses. And so now they're coming in with their own agenda. <clears throat> the male chair led this new meeting. Uh, this new group, uh-huh. Sarah Edelson, Schatzberg, uh, were vice presidents. So violence picks up on Thursday. Barnett Aswalski decided to open his butcher shop, and 700 people gathered and told him to close. He wouldn't, so they attacked. Well, who's not getting it at this point? Just shut the fuck down. Yeah, it's just like, well, like, what are you do? Are you, you can't be doing it because you're like, I want to make money to Like, you have to be doing it because you're like, I want to be famous. Well, you know, they're all about, they're all, some of these guys are about to go out of business. Like, if they don't open that day, they're done. Like, it's that kind of deal. So, right. But even no, then, it's can't. like you see your neighbor butcher shops opening, and what do you get? A bloody yeah. nose. Uh, they attacked, quote, a poor fish peddler perched nearby watching in horror as his wagon was looted of its stock for use as projectiles. No, fish, fish are not meat. Fish are not meat. Fish are not meat. Police were pelted with fish, ash, stones, and garbage and responded with their billy clubs. Oh, man. Just really getting hit. In Williamsburg, thousands of women destroyed six butcher shops. Customers were attacked. Meat was set on fire. Cops then just attacked a bunch of, a bunch of people just sitting around talking about the meat strike. They beat... Hey, you guys, quit talking about it. <laughs> they beat one man unconscious, and then his pregnant wife came over to help, and the cop beat her unconscious. So... What? Yeah, I mean, that's not surprising. That's the least surprising thing about this whole story. Ugh, <laughs> oh, that's just terrible. In Boston, West End butchers were attacked. The butchers then attacked the wholesaler who had opened three stores. So here you go. Now, this is the first case of a wholesaler moving in to open up his own stores during taking advantage right. of the crisis, right? Very, very reminiscent. Um, Fifteen were arrested. The wholesaler went to court and got a police guard for his shop, allowing him to stay open. Here we go. Here we go. The New York Times, which is run by a very wealthy German Jew, ran a piece attacking the protesters. Quote, the class of people, especially the women who are engaged in this matter, have many elements of a dangerous class. They are very ignorant. They mostly speak a foreign language. They do not understand the duties or the rights of Americans. It will not 
do to have a swarm of ignorant and infuriated women going about any part of the city with petroleum destroying goods and trying to set fire to the shops of those against whom they are angry. The attempted incendiarism could not happen in an American crowd at all. That's uh, there is so much. Oh my god! Just my elite asshole paper owner looking down on people who are trying to take care of a desperate need, which is food, and 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 being forced to violence because there was no other solution available to them. Yeah, and then being like they're a bad, they're a bad class, they're a dangerous. That that sounds similar. Uh, the women went from butcher to butcher asking to inspect meat. So this is what they've decided on. So they're, they're after the, the last meeting, they've decided this is the way they're, gonna, they're not going to attack and be violent. So the women go from butcher to butcher asking to inspect meat, which she would then hold and handle as much as she could to ruin its appearance, and then she'd leave without buying it. So woman after woman is coming in saying, can I see that piece of meat? And just touching it and 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 then putting it down until it's just a fucked-looking piece of meat. (laughs) The shift in tactics is amazing. I mean, they have been meat-beating people for ages, and now they're like, we'll (laughs) overfund. It's pretty great. Uh, Hey, uh, that that, uh, piece of meat she was looking at that didn't buy... I would too like to hold it and look at it. Mm. As he's like, I think you're part of the movement, aren't you? No, no, no. I just love to make sure that burger meat is nice. This isn't right for me. I'm going to go next door, touch his meat. So the independent butchers start negotiating with the Allied Conference. A part of me is like, one of the reasons it's happening now, because there are men there, and now they're like, well, I'll talk to the dudes. I wouldn't talk yeah, to right, those women. Right. They're not on my level, but now I can. Right. A man's here. Some even left the Butcher's Benevolent Association and made agreements. So some guys are leaving this actual union or whatever it is of butchers. Right. They all agree. They would all agree to sell meat at a cheaper price. So the women are winning here. What they set out for, they're getting. The Daily People declared, quote, Butchers resume kosher meat war appears to be over. The government's case against the Beef Trust... It's open and shut. Witnesses coming and admitting that they they blacklisted companies. All the documents are really damning. On May 28th, and so this is just like, we're talking 13 days later. Right. On May 28th, the Beef Trust removed an electronic network they had set up in their offices in New York and Jersey. The network's entire purpose was collusion. So they had an electronic communication device so they didn't have to call each other to fix prices and do shit really quickly. That's how advanced they were. Right. That's how, they had like a bat yeah. signal, right? An ex-bank trust employee gave a detailed explanation of the trust's price control systems to the New York Sun. Despite all the evidence, the beef trust still stated high prices were due to fewer cattle because of less corn. Using a paper they owned, the Beef Trust began publishing propaganda that claimed kosher butchers had lied about price fixing, and that's what had led to the riots. So they're blaming... The the two biggest victims here are the the women who who are put in this position in the first place, and then 
and the and Jews. And the Jewish butchers, right? They're the ones fighting at the bottom of the barrel. Right. Um, so now they're blaming the victims. It's such a good playbook. <laughs> it works every time. At the, end of the, at the end of May, the Butchers Association gave in and made a deal with the Allied Conference. Meat would now be sold at nine cents a pound, but there was no agreement for how long they would sell at nine cents and also how good the meat was. So there was a little bit of, like, uh, I think Schatzberg was like, no, this is bullshit. But anyway, shops opened. It is a huge victory for the boycotters. On June 7th, a meeting of the Allied Conference for Cheap Kosher Meat was held. Butchers at the meeting discussed setting up co-ops and buying the cattle elsewhere and doing that whole plan and selling shares for 2 or $3. It was decided this was the only way to guarantee lower prices. So on June 10th, the first co-op butcher, kosher butcher shop opened. There were already hundreds of shareholders, and it was run by a woman, and at 11 a.m., they ran out of meat. Hundreds of people had to be turned away wow. that day. Five more co-ops were planned uh, to quickly open by this woman. She was selling as much chucks in a day as butchers usually did in a month. Wow. Sarah Edelson also opened one up that day, but the press pretty much ignored it and just wrote about the other woman. Sure. The Ladies Association had a meeting to discuss opening more co-ops. Some butchers turned their shops completely over to the association if they would agree to hire them for $10 a week. Wow. The co-op's success put pressure on the holdout butchers. In mid-June, the boycott was still technically on, and women still took meat from customers buying from a boycott of butcher, and then they give them money in return. One butcher had 100 pounds of meat and 60 chickens destroyed by boycotters, so there's still flare-ups, Right. While they're right. getting, they've gotten their cheap beat. They've won, but they're like, "No, you're still not doing it until you bend the fucking knee. Right. Bend the fucking knee." Right. Okay. And then there's no announcement, but the boycott is over. But it just kind of fizzles out in the middle of June. It's just kind of over. They won. Okay. Yeah, with all the co-ops and all that. Yeah, the yeah. goal's been reached. Wholesalers agreed to terms, and kosher meat is once again affordable. Prices were driven down. At the same time, the government came down on the beef trust. Prices were once again due to supposedly what market would pay. The co-ops didn't last long. Uh, things returned to normal. Kosher butcher shops took over again. Uh, in February 1903, it was ruled the Beef Trust had violated the Sherman Act. The injunction was made permanent. The Beef Trust companies then consolidated. Three became the National Packing Company in March. The New York Tribune warned, quote, start of a beef trust. Soon, four yeah. of the six were under one umbrella, but the meat prices prices did remain the same for several years. So they, even though they were combining, they couldn't get back to the place they had been with the shit right. they were pulling. But still, still, the kosher meat boycott was successful because it was a sustained movement of both direct action and organizing. But all was fine for the women who had won the battle against the beef trust during the one boycott. Oh, during, during the boycott, one woman was heard to yell, quote, my husband brings me $8 a week. Should I give it away to the butcher? What would the landlord say? What would the landlord say? Well, in 1904, tenement r- rents rose dramatically, setting up a uh, brand new fight. I guess that will be for another dollop. Um, and like uh, I said, please check out the tenement uh, museum. They're having a hard time during COVID, and that's... Uh, Tenement.org. 
throw them a little, a little bit of money if you can. Can we give it? Can we? Is there any way to meet? <laughs> <laughs> Do they have a meet tip button there at tenement.org? Sources: Scott D. Seligman, The Great Kosher Meat War of 1902, Immigrant Housewives, and the Riots That Shook New York City. Also, uh, a article in American Jewish History, uh, Volume 70, by Paula Hyman, Immigrant Women and Consumer Protest, The New York City Kosher Meat Boycott of 1902. I love it. Sometimes people are like, you should read the sources up top. Okay, the source of this episode that I would like to build to and have you learn about is called <laughs> The Great Kosher Meat War of 1902, Immigrant Housewives and the Riots that Shook New York. Oh, that's the story. All right, Dave. <laughs> now that the blindfold's on, take me on a journey. Um, yeah, I mean, it... Uh, you know, everything's just a microcosm, really, but it is so... I mean, look, it works. Yeah, I know, and that's... I know, yeah, so it works. There you go. Direct direct action works. Just, and it's just, this story is a story that's happened in many countries over yeah. centuries. It's the same. It's the, it's the same people against the same powers fighting the same battle repeatedly over and over and over again. It's just happened so many times. More like the no meat trust. <laughs> or wait, no, more like more like meat no trust. <laughs> there we go, a little comedy at the end there. That's perfect. But look, I mean, direct action is uh, super important. It just is. It always has been, particularly in America, where the response to you not having direct action is to ignore you. All right. Well, um, we are selling dollop meat. Um, it is a new line of uh, human meat we are selling. Go to dollopmeat.org and um, put yourself uh, put a cart together. Uh, All right. Well, we sell uh, meat. No, we sign yep. meat. Oh, damn it. That. The website design needs yeah, we to be greatly that. reformatted. Great. Fuck. So what you guys can do is send in meat. We'll sign it and send it back. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Bye-bye. Happy dollop. Hey there, people listening to the dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't. But we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it. But either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, 
to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.